0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at or by clicking the share your story tab on the church center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below the video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our church center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for
1: joining us and enjoy today's service.
2: Good morning, church family. We're excited to have you here this morning. It says in Psalms that today is the day that the Lord has made. So I will rejoice and be glad in it. Joy is a choice. Peace is a choice.
3: Worship is a choice.
2: Praise is a choice. So when you
3: choose to enter into his presence this morning, Come on, here we go. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who is.
0: God is good, isn't he? And he's blessed us in so many ways. And one of the ways he blesses us is that we can just come together like this and we can worship. And it's just incredible. Uh, last weekend, we got to do our second ladies retreat up in the mountains. And man, he did. he was good there. He blessed in such incredible ways. And he loves us so much. So thank you guys so much for coming to fellowship this morning. Before you're seated, if you get out, just shake hands. Love on some people around. You get to know some people in your sections as you make your way back to your seats. If you are watching at home with us, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We know that you have a lot of options when it comes to watching services on Sunday morning. So we thank you for being a part of our services today. If you are a guest or a visitor, whether you are watching at home or you're here uh, in our auditorium with us, It's so, so easy to get connected here. It's so, so easy to get more information about the church. All you have to do is text the word fellowship to 94000 and uh, you will get some more information about Fellowship Church. Also, if you're visiting here at the church, we'd love to be able to give you a gift. So if you'll swing by our information counter uh, and tell them you're visiting with us, they will give you a free uh, drink, specialty drink at our coffee shop for everybody in your visiting party. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for tuning in at home. Well, God is so good to us, and we're super, super excited for what he's going to do here in the next couple of months here at the end of the year. Uh, one of the things that I'm super pumped about is I got to uh, put together a new curriculum for us here at Fellowship. Uh, so this is Three Kings Part 2. Uh, we did Three Kings Part 1 last year, uh, and that was a look at m- mostly at Saul's life, but a lot of the early years of David's life. Uh, this is the, a look into Second Samuel, and it looks into uh, David's life as he reigned as king, and there's probably no one besides Jesus in the Bible that we can learn more from than the life of David, and he's one of my favorite people in the Bible. Uh, We're really, I'm so excited to be able to teach this, Um, and we're doing this to where you can either do this live with us in the auditorium. Uh, this Wednesday night as fast as when we start, or you can do this with us online and we can get you these books or you can swing by, uh, and pick them up. So it's an online study. So if you can't make every week live and you want to watch online, you can do so. Or if you are out of town and you would like to watch online, you can do so. But it's super, super cool. We go chapter by chapter through second Samuel. I would love for you to be a part of it. I can answer any questions about the course. Uh, after this service, I'll be at the pergola down here on this end of the lobby. And, uh, Uh, Answer any questions you might have about it. Uh, but then also uh, be able to get you get you registered. So you can also register on the Church Center app. Super, super easy. All you gotta do is get the book. It's $18. It'll be here for you on Wednesday night. So super excited about that. Well, we're gonna continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come prepared to give back to the Lord. Uh, the ways to give are listed uh, on the side screens. You can do uh, the Church Center app, which is probably easiest. Text tithe. You can give on our website, or you can mail in or drop off your offering in the lobby before you leave. But as you get ready to do that, let me say a prayer a blessing over you. Lord, we love you and thank you so much for everything you blessed us with. You're so good to us. As we proclaimed in that last song, you're so good, so good. And everything that we have in our life that is good has come from you. And so Lord, as we give back to you now, I pray that you bless us like only you can. I pray, Lord, God, that everything that would come in would be sufficient for your church's needs. And I pray, Lord, that as we give to you, Lord, as act of worship, that you would just blow our minds with how you take care of us. You do that every day, and we thank you for that. So bless us now as we give to you. Thank you so much for an opportunity to worship you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you as you give. Here's a few more things that are happening here at Fellowship.
1: Life groups are an amazing way for us to grow in our faith, make our big church feel small, and get to know the people who sit around us every week. So if you're ready to take that next step in your faith and grow closer to not only God, but your church family as well, consider joining a life group. You can check out all the life groups we have available in the groups tab on the Church Center app. In there, you'll find activity groups like basketball and mountain biking or men's groups, mom's groups, whatever you can think of, we probably have it. The other thing is, is if you don't see what you're looking for, maybe consider starting a life group of your own. We're always looking for life group leaders and people to come around us and partner with us in this amazing culture of making our big church feel more personal. So please check out the Church Center app for more information on life groups. On November 7th, our Kids Church kids, our 2nd through 5th graders, are going to come join us here in the worship center. and They're going to show us what they've been working on back there, which is learning all the books of the Bible in this really fun song. And then they're going to lead us in a praise song. This is going to be such a fun time for our church family to see them and their work and growing in their faith and learning the books of the Bible and, and what they're doing in worship and all that stuff. So if you want more information on that, we're going to be sending home a parent letter. There's no sign-up necessary for this. Just invite people. If you're a parent of a 2nd through fifth grader, invite your grandparents, invite your aunt and uncle, invite all those obscure cousins that you always wonder, should I invite them to that birthday party or not? Bring them. This is going to be a really fun time for our church family. Also happening November 7th, we're going to be doing a Fellowship Church worship night here in the main auditorium at 6 p.m. Doors will open at 5.45 and the event will start at 6. There are no tickets necessary. Just come. There will be no child care provided for this event. So either arrange for other plans or bring them. We just want you to be here and worship with us. As always, church family, make sure you're checking out what's going on here at Fellowship Church on the Church Center app. Enjoy today's message.
3: Work it, make it, do it, makes us all better, faster, stronger That, don't kill me, can only make us stronger I need you to hurry up man, cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right
4: now, cause I can't get much longer. Man, I've
3: been waiting all night man.
4: Well good morning I really do hope this has been an encouragement as we've moved through this Stronger series. I hope that you're feeling stronger, that you're learning and growing every week. It's our prayer, and I hope that today is a blessing to you. So are you ready to get into it today? All right, I don't want to waste any time then today. I want to jump right into a story found in 1 Samuel chapter 14, and this involves King Saul Saul. And his son, Jonathan. So uh, you can follow along on the side screens with me. First Samuel fourteen twenty four says this. Now the Israelites were in distress that day. Because Saul had bound the people under an oath. Saying, cursed be anyone who eats food before evening comes. Before I have avenged my enemies. So none of the troops tasted food. The entire army entered the woods and there was honey on the ground. You ever made a commitment, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to diet, not going to do anything, and then what happens? Someone brings you a box of instruments toffee or something, it's like, there was right there on the ground. When they went into the woods, they saw the honey oozing out, it's everywhere, yet no one put his hand to his mouth. I wonder what is up with that? What, what would keep you from eating what God puts right in front of you? The, the thing you're fighting for, the thing you're hoping for, it's available to you. What would keep you from that? Well, this is what the text says. This is, this is what kept them. They, because they feared the oath, verse 27, but Jonathan had not heard that his father had bound the people to, with the oath, So he reached out the end of his staff that was in his hand and dipped it into the honeycomb. And he raised his hand to his mouth and his eyes. We're brightened. Today, I hope and I pray that your eyes are going to see things new, that you're going to be brightened because of what God is putting in front of you and feeding you today. Verse 28, then one of the soldiers told him, your father bound the entire army to a strict oath saying, cursed be anyone who eats food today. That is why the men are faint. Jonathan said, my father has made trouble for the country. See how my eyes are brightened when I tasted a little of this honey? How much better it would have been for the men if the men had eaten today some of the plunder that they took from their enemies. Would not the slaughter of the Philistines be greater? What an interesting thing to say. Would not the slaughter of our enemies be greater. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't we be stronger? Wouldn't our victories be greater? Wouldn't we be stronger if we would just eat what God has given us? That's the title of our message. Eat what God has given you. In fact, I was really hungry when I wrote this message, so I came up with three titles. So, um, For those of you that don't like that title, I'm going to give you all three. Uh, Eat what God has given us. That's your first option. You can write that down, put it in your notes, uh, Instagram, whatever. The second was it's time to eat because it was coming towards lunchtime and that was just what was on my mind. And the third is my favorite. Don't skip dessert. (laughs) Don't skip dessert. In fact, turn to your neighbor and tell them don't skip dessert. Yeah, yeah. Now turn back to that same neighbor and tell him, it doesn't look like you've skipped dessert for a while. (laughs) Careful. Men, that was not for you to say to your wives. (laughs) Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we come before you right now and without your presence and without your help, this is just a man standing on a stage yammering on. And that is not what we need. We need you to speak to us today. We need you to strengthen us today. We need you to show us that we can eat of the very things that you've given us so that we can be strengthened. So I pray that God, you speak to each of us as individuals today. Bless our church, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many parents do we have in the room? And you don't have to be actively raising children. Have you ever raised kids? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because one of the great gifts that you have in raising kids is that you, you get a little bit more self-awareness in raising kids. Because you see things in your kids that like, you start to recognize came from yourself. And a lot of it's good, right? It's like my daughter Kayla. She's very, uh, shall I say, bullheaded and argumentative. And I'm like, I'm, with a little pride, I'm like, she got that from me, right? She can argue with the best of, in fact, she will argue with her mom sometimes, and her mom will just say, go to your dad. And then we will just have it out for a while, and we like it. We, we smile. We love it, right? It's like, there are certain things like that, that tenacity, that, like, you see that, and you're like, you got that from me. But then there's the other stuff. You know the other stuff, parents, Right? The stuff where you you turn around, and it's like you you didn't get that from me. That came from your mother's side of the family, right? And in fact, I've heard my wife say that to our kids. Oh, hold on, you you got that from your father. You go you go deal with your father right now. He's gonna deal with you. you you, you didn't get that from me. So we see in our kids, there's some things we're very proud of. Like, yeah, that's good. But unfortunately, there are things that I was not aware of myself until I started raising kids and seeing things in them. And I went, oh, no, (laughs) you've done it too. Oh, no, they got that from me. Several years ago, my daughters were involved in competitive dance, and I remember that they went to a workshop one time where over the weekend they were dancing, and and I can remember that uh, Rachel at the end of the dance uh, had a different demeanor on her than Kayla did, and and Kayla got in the car and she's just it was so cool we did this and we did that and I learned this move and that move and this move and that move and and Rachel who loves to dance just as much got in the back of the car and, and I could see in the rear view mirror looking back at her that her demeanor was just different. She was just she was just kind of down. I'm like kiddo, did you have fun? She's like, yeah. She's like, did you learn some new stuff? Yeah. Well, what's the deal? And she's like, I've got a, I got a really long way to go. I've got a, I got a far way to go. I, I, didn't get, I wasn't able to do this move. I wasn't able to do that move. And immediately she was incredibly hard on herself. Like instead of looking at all of the good that took place, she was looking at the couple of negative things. It's like if you were to receive a report back from a coach or from a teacher, and it's like the list of all the great things you did. And then at the very bottom line, it's like Anne needs to work on this. So many of us, or at least me... I need to tear off the top of the page, and I just focus on the, oh, I could have been better at this, and now the whole weekend, it, it, it was terrible. I lost everything. It was, it was a horrible, horrible defeat because there's something I need to work on, and I went, oh, man. Man. Because I, I can remember, there, I, I get involved in different sports all the time. It's like, I'm a little ADD when it comes to the, my activities. Like, I always got to find something new. I'm going to mountain bike. I'm going to rock climb. I'm going uh, to paraglide. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. It's like, it's something different, right? And, and, and because of that, it's like, a lot of times, I never get great at anything. I just, I work on something for a little bit, and, and then I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm moved on. And, and, and this is what the, uh, we learned today and I hope you will understand this. Don't miss this. This is called the paradox of progress because the paradox of progress is once you start making progress in an area, the paradox with that is the farther along you get, the farther along you see you have to go because if you're not doing something then in your mind you can build the picture of, oh, that will be easy to master. But once you start working on it, you realize, oh, I got a long way to go before I get good. And the more, a lot of times, the, the better you get at something, the more you realize you might never be able to master it. It's just a process and you grow and you learn. And, and it's like for me, I, I was able to recognize that, oh, my poor daughter learn this from me. Because I can remember the times I went mountain biking with groups of friends and and it's like they're just tearing up the hill and, and they get up to the top of the hill. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it's frustrating. They get to the top of the hill, and I'm so far behind them that they stop, they eat a granola bar, they take selfies, they breathe, they drink water, they're rested, they're stretching up there. You know, it's like rolling around, popping each other's backs, everything. I get to the top, I can't <laughs> And they're like, Dan, let's go. I'm like. (laughs) It's like, I haven't even rested yet. And now you're wanting to go. And it's like, I I go on a trip and it's like, they they get hours to rest. I I, nonstop, I'm dying up there. We get to the end and they're like, man, wasn't that an awesome ride? I'm like, no. (laughs) And I remember I had some friends who were like, dude dude, you you did awesome. Think of it this way. You could not have done that trail a year ago and here you are now. But I didn't listen. I get in the car, I call Amelie. She's like, I thought you were gonna be home like four hours ago. I'm like, so did I. <laughs> and, and, and she's like, how was it? And I'm like... It was terrible. I was like so far behind these guys. I, I, I don't have the strength or the skills built up. I'm like, I've got so far to go. It's the paradox of progress. It's like uh, the, the better I was getting, I was starting to recognize I have so much further to go. And now back to my daughter. I saw the fact that she's in the back of the car and she's down on herself because she realized that the better she's getting, the farther she has to go. And that can be discouraging. And I went, oh no. She didn't get that from her mom. She got that from me. And I think that a lot of us, we can recognize that. You don't have to be a parent. You, you can sometimes see other people's issues. And, and here's a little key to being judgmental. You, you know what we find ourselves the most judgmental of? we see weaknesses in other people that are the main weaknesses we deal with in our own lives. So it, it, it's like we see these things, we're like, man, they got so far to go and we only recognize it because we're on the same journey that they're on. This This is the paradox of progress. So... I looked at this and I saw that if my daughters are going to look at me as an example and see that how I do life is how they should do life, that, that, that they'll model, then what I need to start doing is I need to start celebrating myself. I need to start celebrating the victories. And when I make it down the mountain bike trail, instead of griping that, oh man, I've got so far to go, I should pat myself on the back and be like, I did it. I couldn't have done this a year ago, but, but I did it. I'm going to celebrate You know, I can't just get down on myself about every little thing, but it's time to start celebrating the victories. It's time to start eating the food, eating the honey, not skipping dessert, if you will. When good things come around, I got to take advantage of it, and I got to pump myself up for it. So I decided in front of my girls, in front of my family, I'm going to turn things around. I'm going to start celebrating every victory, big or small, So from that point forward, I would go on a run and instead of the paradox of progress taking over where I start looking at, oh, that was, so many people run so much faster than me. So many people could have run five miles today and I only ran one. So many people, instead of doing any of that, I started going, I come home and I pat myself on the back. I'm like, how was you running? like, it was awesome, babe. It was incredible. I only had to walk four times, and I only got passed by one set of old ladies who were power walking. It was awesome. It was good. Feeling strong. Time for some donuts, right? And and because if I want to pass something on to the next generation... I don't want it to be, I've got so far to go. I want it to be, you know what? I had a victory. I'm gonna celebrate the victory. I passed the test. I'm gonna celebrate in passing the test. I'm I'm gonna be proud of the different things that I've done because what I can tend to do is I can tend to come up on stage on a Sunday morning and, and I've studied and I've done everything I can do, and so many things have gone right, but then when I leave, I'm not focusing on the many things that have gone right, I'm focused on, oh man, I stuttered here, or I said Colossians instead of Corinthians here, or, or, or Chronicles, and uh, like, and, and I start leaving, and start thinking about all the things, see, that is the paradox of progress, you get better at something, you start seeing how far you have to go, and we, we look Sometimes for others to cheer us along when we're feeling down on ourselves. Can I just give you a little help here? God will send some people in your life to cheer you on, but you know what? For the most part, you've got to learn to cheer yourself on. You've got to learn to pat yourself on the back, say, good job, you in a belt loop, you looking fine, you doing good. It's like, You gotta stand in front of the mirror. I'm not talking to be being arrogant, but stand in front of that mirror and say, man, you are a good looking man looking back at me right now. (laughs) You gotta do that. Look, hey, I ain't just coming up with this. David, the Bible says David strengthened himself in the Lord. Not David waited for other people to come around him and encourage him and strengthen him in the Lord. No, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Sometimes you're feeling down. Sometimes things aren't going the way you want them to go. And sometimes you gotta go, no, I'm not waiting on you to pump me up. I'm not waiting on you to feed me some honey. I'm gonna feed myself right now. So God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. And I know I got a long way to go, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I am gonna stand up to today strong and powerful because you are doing a work in my life. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, say, it's time to strengthen yourself. Not strengthen yourself in the self-help book, strengthen yourself in the Lord. See, this is the paradox of progress. See, don't miss this. The fact, I'm gonna say it fast, catch it. The fact that Saul wanted to win immediately so badly is what kept him from winning eventually. Now I'll slow it down so you can catch it. The fact that Saul wanted to win so bad immediately is what kept him from winning eventually. Eventually. There's a difference between David and Saul, two different kings. David built the dynasty. Saul self-sabotaged. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Saul went after conquest and after conquest and deprived himself to the point of destruction. All right, let's back up, and I want to I break down a couple words from two of the verses, and, and it, it's really interesting because I'm going to start... Verse 24, then I'm going to go back to verse 23. It says this about the day that they were experiencing. Now, the Israelites were in distress that day. Everyone say that day. that day The Israelites were in distress that day. so the day that they're experiencing is a rough day. It's a bad day. It's a day full of distress, right? You've had a distressful day, right? Anybody? Oh, you guys are perfect. Never mind. I'll take this to a group of people who are real. Anybody ever had a distressful day? Like, excuse me for my language, but you just get home. How was your day? It sucked. It was rough today. Like, my boss was on my back, all these sorts of issues. The Bible says now Israel was in distress that day. Again, everybody say that day. Let's jump back to verse 23. So on that day, everybody say that day. The Lord saved Israel, and the battle moved on to Beth-Avon. Did you catch this? Verse 24, "The, the, the day was a day full of distress. Verse 23, the day was a day that the Lord saved Israel. Now, see, this would make sense to me if it was talking about two different days, but it's talking about the same day. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever allowed the devil to turn your day of deliverance into a day of distress? Oh, God comes through for you. He blesses you. He answers what you want. You go into battle. You go into victory. You're bloodied. You're scarred, but you won. And you leave and you're like, oh, see this scar here? See this blood here? It was terrible today. Did God not come through for you? Did he not give you what you wanted? Did he not save your marriage? Oh, but we got in a fight. Did he not rescue your marriage? What was it? Was it a day of distress? Or was it a day where God came through and saved his people? So the Bible says that Saul did this because, well, we catch this, the principle of it, because of the paradox of progress. Because Saul looked at the whole picture and looked like the battle had moved on. We moved on, but he knew the war wasn't over. And that's why a lot of us stress out because we want the war to be over. We want to win now. So since we see that the war's not over, we, we're like, well, it's just another day of loss. And Saul did this because of the paradox of progress. It says that day the battle moved on. It wasn't over but it moved on. The battle wasn't over. See, so Saul made an oath, until this is ba- this battle is over and won, I will not eat anything. You realize often this is how we go through goals in life. This is how we go through New Year's resolutions at that time or a diet plan or something. It's like instead of looking at the little battles, we look at the war as a whole. So, so the battle wasn't over, but it moved on. And what Saul is basically saying is what so many of us have done. We say, I will not eat anything but kale salads until I lose 50 pounds. No cheat days, no Oreos, no turkey, no nothing like that. I mean, maybe a little bit of tofu, but for the most part, it's going to be kale salad, right? Until I am back to my 15-year-old pant size and waist. Until then, all I'm doing is I'm having soup and lemon heads. That's it. That's what I, like we come up with crazy things because like the battle's not over. It's like, you can lose the five pounds. You can lose the 10 pounds. And man, it was victory. It was great. But you're like, oh, I still got 40 pounds to go. Oh, it's distressful. how far I have to go. Was it a victory or was it a loss? How do we treat our lives? We come into church and we think, man, uh, I'm just generalizing, I'm on drugs, my relationships falling apart, dealing with pornography, almost losing my job, unhappy in everything I do. I can't sleep at night, got all these things going on. We start a relationship with God. God begins giving us peace and giving us direction. So now we're sleeping again at night. Now we have a little direction at night, but we're still struggling with the other things. And we get up and we go, oh, this church thing isn't working. Because maybe you, you lost a little bit. the 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 battle lost some weight. The battle moved on, but the war's not over. Right? So, so was it a day of distress or a day of victory and deliverance? How often, how often do we weaken ourselves by looking at the battles that God allows us to win as days full of distress? because they're not days full of distress and, and and what we will do is we will deprive ourselves and I wonder have you ever deprived yourself from celebration until you reach perfection man not i ain't eating junk again until i marry the man of my dreams right i I'm going to study study study. I'm not sleeping anymore. I'm going to study 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 until I get this degree. It's like we we decide I'm going to deprive myself until I get to the place where I have completely her seen victory victory. Hear me in this. This is the danger of deprivation. Not the danger of discipline. There's a the difference. Discipline is a good thing. Deprivation is different. See, deprivation is also often descri- uh, disguised. Ah. <coughs> deprivation is often disguised as discipline. Anytime you define your resolutions and your goals by what you won't do instead of what you will do, that is the difference between discipline and deprivation. Because... Discipline is I will work out, I we, will eat healthy. Deprivation is I won't eat anything that I like. I won't hang out with those people. I, I won't celebrate. And there's a danger to deprivation. See, I believe that this could help someone today. I believe this could set someone free, but it might not be that God did not provide strength for you. It might be like what we just saw in this story, that, that you did not eat the strength that God provided for you. That he put it right there. The honey was on the ground. You refused to eat the strength that God ha, has provided. And see, Saul was driven. I understand this. I, I can be driven about things. This is something that I can struggle with too, but, but we, we won the battle but we're not done. So he defers his celebration until he, he feels like he'll reach a place of perfection once he has had complete victory over the war. So thereby, he stopped his progress because of the danger of depriving yourself of celebrations. There have been so many times that I've, I've dealt with this where I, I speak on a Sunday and um, I'm going home and it was a good weekend, stuff like that. And instead of stopping to go, yeah, these people got saved. This person got broken free from different issues. This marriage got healed. These people got prayed over. We got these, this many new small groups. Instead of stopping and celebrating those things, what I'll do many times, I've gone home. And I've gotten better at this. Amelie has really helped me with this because I have gone home, opened up my laptop, and started typing. And she would say, Dan, what are you doing? And I'd say, I'm working on my message for next Sunday. Because the battle had moved on, but it wasn't over. So instead of stopping to celebrate what God has done, I was moving on to just the next battle. I was depriving myself because I figured there was going to be a time of perfection, a a time when I feel like there's no more problems anymore, and that is when I'm going to celebrate But here's the problem, if you do not stop to enjoy the spoils of this battle, you will not have the strength to be able to endure the struggles of the next one. And God will provide for you opportunities to celebrate, and he will put honey in front of you that is sweet, that you can take in and enjoy, and it's to give you strength for the next thing. That's why Jonathan said, look at my eyes, look how they've brightened, because I ate what we actually came here for. Remember, the promised land was the land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land so fertile that the cows would be fruitful and would have milk. That the bees would be fruitful and have honey. So it's saying, we're, I'm going to bring you into a place where there's going to be honey in abundance. There's going to be milk in abundance. What are they fighting for? They're fighting to get to a place that is that fruitful. Here they are now at that place. There's honey in front of them. What would stop you from eating the honey? See... Every once in a while, you've got to stop and say, look how far I've come. Look how far I've come. I I might not be perfect. In fact, I know I'm not perfect, but look how far I've come. I'm not in as much debt as I used to be. I don't smoke anymore. I read my Bible like two or three or four or five times a week. I came to church last week. In fact, for some of you, you should pat yourself on the back right now because you're in church today. Some of you, watching online, you could be watching any sort of videos about like dog fails or something like that, but you clicked on this message and you should pat yourself on the back for that. Look how far I've come. Like I, things are changing, right? Look how far I've come. You gotta start to celebrate the little victories that you have in your life. We were running around Canyon View Park about three years ago, and it was so funny because my wife and I we were jogging around, and they were getting ready for a middle school uh, football game, and there was just like a handful of players out there, and the coach wasn't there yet. Anytime you leave little school, middle, school, little school, <laughs> middle school boys out and there's no coach there, you know weird things will happen. It were running, and from far off, like I'm not wearing glasses or anything from far off, I'm like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And we get closer and closer and closer. I'm like, that's not like a tackle drill or anything. Where are the coaches right now? Someone needs to smack these kids in the back of the head and make them run laps. Like, what are they doing? As we got closer and closer and closer, it dawned on me what these kids were doing. These kids were practicing their celebration dances. Everyone would throw them the ball. They catch it and they'd be like, "Boom!" I'm like, "That is ridiculous." But I need to learn how to do that. Not the dance, because obviously you just saw that. I, I I've been trying. It ain't gonna happen. But. But like, how do we get to a place where like, what are you doing right now? Huh? What are you doing? I am practicing for the next time I win because I know I'm going to win. I know I'm going to have victory. So when the victory comes, I'm going to be like, I'm going to make my daughters blush. I'm going to make everyone in the room uncomfortable because I'm going to bring out what I got even though it's not much. Slow slow motion sprinkler right here. Oh, it's a party. It's a party. Ready for it? Ready for it? And we go back. Why? Because I expect to win. You got to feed yourself off that. You got to be, oh, it was the victory. Well, the game ain't over yet, but I scored a touchdown. Touchdown. Oh, is the a victory. You're still struggling in your marriage. But I turned the computer off instead of going to that website right now. So I'm gonna throw myself a little party. And man, there, so I gotta tell you though, it's like those kids were celebrating it. But in there, let me just pause. There is such a thing as excessive celebration that is not good. That's when you post things on social media to try to get people to think that you're at a place where you're really not. You pose everything perfect. Or, or, or you buy things that you can't afford to try to show people that you can't afford to live with, that, that you should be there. That's excessive celebration. And, and you can celebrate wrong. You can hurt yourself. A couple of years ago, there was a Cardinals kicker, uh, and uh, he celebrated excessively. He kicked a field goal at the beginning of the season, jumped up, came down towards ACL, out for the whole season, don't miss your season because you're celebrating excessively. Like you, you got you got to understand. No, I uh, I've got to sacrifice and win, and then I'm going to celebrate. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate, but I'm not gonna overdo it. I'm I'm gonna celebrate, but I'm certainly not going to get myself into a place where. I'm getting myself in trouble because part of that excessive celebration is you could be celebrating things that are actually hurting you. Like, don't lose five pounds and then take yourself out to Buffalo Wild Wing and gain 10 pounds to celebrate. (laughs) You gotta celebrate on the level you're on. Like maybe, uh, maybe you take yourself out if if you're trying to lose weight and you've got the money, take yourself out for losing five pounds and buy yourself a new pair of shoes. Take yourself out, woo woo. Any, shop, any shopping reference, I'm telling you, some woman will speak up. Amen, praise Jesus, thank you God. The pastor said to go to Dillard's today. I did not. Every husband in here is mad at me right now and I didn't even do anything. It was her, wherever she is. But, but, but maybe... Maybe you're working on your finances and you're trying to save money. You save a couple of money. Don't go buy yourself some cheese. Go eat some cheap garbage and get fat, but lose your money. But, but don't lose your money because you can't work on everything at the same time, right? So so you've got to focus, you've got to have victory, and then you've got to celebrate those victories. You have to eat what God has given you. When there's a celebration time, stop and celebrate, or you will not have strength for the next battle. See, the woods were oozing with honey. This is the land of milk and honey, this is what they fought for. This is where they were. But the king was so foolish that he bound the people with an oath to not eat because the battle wasn't over. See, you've gotta feed your emotions. If you do not feed your emotions, the positive things, you will, you will only be able to feed criticism to other people. You can't strengthen others if you don't strengthen yourself. And this is the, the bondage of Bitterness. The bondage of bitterness. See, this is what Saul said. Saul did. Your father, Saul, bound the army under a strict oath. It's interesting that he used the word bound here. What's interesting about this term is he bound the people with an oath. Nobody eats until all of my enemies are destroyed. So this is, I'm not going to be happy until... Uh, see God won't be pleased with me until I do this see I won't be worth loving until and and, and these beliefs come uh, that we bind ourselves to many times from other people and I wonder what have you been bound to what bad beliefs have you been bound to See, the honey was there. They were just bound from taking it. The joy is there, but they were bound from taking it. And it could come from so many different places, right? They were bound because of a bad belief. And it could have been a parental figure in your life, a mentor, someone you looked up to. I mean, Saul was Jonathan's father. So he had this belief that I'm not going to celebrate until I have complete victory. That was a foolish belief. And he tried to pass it on to the next generation. And for some of you, you love your parents. You love your mentors. You should love and honor them. But sometimes the things they try to bind you to are not helping you in life. And I wonder what are you bound to? I ain't going to church because after all, da-dot, da-dot, da they hurt my feelings when I didn't get to choose the carpet color when I was on the carpet planning committee back at the Southern Baptist First Church of the Baptist <laughs> Assembly. So I ain't going there. They all got their own agendas and you're bound right now. Some of you, this is your first time back in church, first season back in church. Why? Because you were bound to an oath that someone else made. This is the bondage of bitterness. See, Saul was bitter because he was chosen to be king. And... Because of his lack of obedience to God, God decided to remove the kingdom from him. So here we catch up in chapter 14 and see that Saul was... Be dealing with the aftertaste of the bitterness of recognizing that his kingdom was being removed from him and given to another person. And through that bitterness, he's trying to share his bitterness with other people because misery loves company. If I'm going to be unhappy, I want you to be unhappy too. So he starts putting this on him. No, you're not going to eat. You're not going to celebrate. I'm not happy. How can you be happy? No, we're not, we ain't throwing no Christmas party. No, we ain't doing any sort of employee appreciation time. No, just Just get back to work. And that bitterness was destroying him and that bitterness was destroying the people of God. Let me tell you something. Don't let bitter people keep you from enjoying your blessings. There's always gonna be bitter people that are gonna try to get you to keep from eating the honey that God has put right in front of you. And just as much as he puts it in front of you, and they're trying to say don't, do you want to have the joy that God wants you to have or, or do you want to just please someone who's bitter? Because I, I think when we sit down and think about it now, we're like, duh, stupid question, easy. Live it out in a d- for a day. And it's shocking how quickly we will swing to, oh, I don't want to stir things up. I want to keep my boss happy. I, wanna, like, I don't want to get in an argument with my cousin. Like, uh, th- those sorts of things. And It's like we're, we're bound to people's bitterness. So what we've got to do is God God wants, you gotta recognize God wants you to enjoy life again. He wants you to enjoy the process. It's not like God says, in the end, everything's gonna be perfect and you're gonna be happy. No, he's like, in, in this world you'll have trouble but take heart for I've overcome the world. I'm, I'm gonna bless you along the way. This is a journey and throughout the journey I'm gonna give you strength and I'm, I'm gonna bless you. And so I, I wonder if this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be ha- happy in it, glad in it, then get a scoop of some honey today and celebrate what you can celebrate. Eat what is sweet so you don't turn to what's bitter. If you are not eating what's sweet, you're looking for something to satisfy you and I guarantee you it's not gonna help you. And, and you, ha- so my question to you right now, we're, we're about to leave, my question. Do you have something to celebrate? Do you have something to be thankful for? I'm, I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. I have even shared this with my wife. But two weeks ago, I was laying in bed and I could not sleep. And I, I, I was dealing with every disappointment, every frustration, everything that didn't go my way, every problem that might go wrong the next day. And I was woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. The day was a day of distress. And and I remembered something I read in a book a long time ago. Is whenever you feel yourself in that place, to journal. And I'm not much of like a write it down journal guy. So I pulled my phone out and opened up the notes and started journaling in the notes on my phone of, of things that I was thankful for, not things that I was discouraged by, but things that I was thankful for. And I'm like, okay, starting today. Oh, this happened, and oh, that happened, and oh, this happened, and I got a call from them, and that happened. That I got an encouraging email. Oh, and this really bad thing happened, but it was covered up. And that could have gone so much worse. And I'm thinking, and, and after like 30 minutes, I wrote this list out of all these things I was celebrating. And I realized that what happened in my head and what happened in my heart is my day of distress turned into a day of deliverance. And it turned into a day where I was like, oh, God, I'm going to eat on this. I'm going to celebrate this. I'm going to throw a little party because yesterday could have been a disaster. And I was acting like it was a disaster. Forgive me, God, for acting like it was a disaster. Today, I'm going to eat some of this honey that you put in front of me because I want the strength to move on to the next thing. And some of you, you need to practice that discipline. You need to stop looking at your life as, oh, woe is me, woe is me. Eeyore is not a fun way to live, and nobody wants to live around Eeyore. I'm telling you, God gives you blessings, but are you gonna pick them up and eat them? Don't worry about what other people think. Oh, you just act, you just acting like you're entitled. Whatever. You be unhappy, I'm gonna be happy. You you, you be depressed, I'm gonna be full of joy. I'm, I'm gonna do this because if my God is feeding me, I'm going to choose the strength. Would you stand with me? If you've ever been on a journey, if you've ever been on a hike, no one is stupid enough to try to climb a mountain without at least bringing a granola bar. Because strength needs food. So you gotta eat what God gave you. It's it's time to eat. It's time to lunch. Some of you looking at your clock already. It's only ten eleven. Calm down. (laughs) You probably have muffins in the bookstore. You're good, but um, But I think I would encourage you with this don't skip dessert. So many of you keep pushing on, I will celebrate, I will be happy when. No, no you won't. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. So if you're committing with me that you're going to, get strong by eating for the battle ahead, get strong by eating for what you need, then we need some honey in our life. And maybe it's at your feet and you've been stepping over it. Let's ask God to help us right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you provide for us what we need. You provide the food we need for the strength that we need. So Lord, forgive us for deprivation. Forgive us for this attitude of "I won't eat till I'm perfect." No, God, we are going to start celebrating. Your people are joyful people, unhappy people, and we rejoice in what you've done for us. And since you are great, God, you are the good Father who has brought us into a land of milk and honey. There's 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 sustenance at our fingertips. God, help us to not get caught up in the stupidity of the culture around us that would say, "Oh no no no, you." can't celebrate those things. you got to go for the victory. No, we are going to choose to be happy and fulfilled and strong in what you provided for us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your love. We thank you for Jesus. So give us strength in order to be able to face the next battle. Thank you that you don't make us go in hungry and alone. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's give him a shout of praise before we leave today. Go get yourself a donut and enjoy yourself today. I love you, church. See you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting "prayer support" to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with one of our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.